Hi everyone, it is Monday, the 27th of September here in Singapore and welcome to another episode of Bill Invest. So last week, the market broke down. S&P followed on its decline on the previous Friday and even dipped further, close to about 2% uh, below $400 for the S&P index. But you know, if you take a look at 2% drop when it's been up over 25% for the entire year. A 2% drop. It's just so minute. But yet, you know, the market was going crazy. Everyone felt that, oh, it's going to be the end of the world. Um, reports just showing uh, the whole market is just red. And what was the main reason for this drop? It's because of this company, this Chinese company known as Evergrande. So if you've been following the news this couple of days, you would have heard of this name. So let me just uh, briefly tell you in a nutshell what's happening with this company. This company borrowed money. So it borrowed money through bonds, issuing of bonds. And right now, they are unable to fulfill their debt obligation. Putting it in layman English, they can't pay up their interest. So when a company structures a bond, it can be structured in a different manner in the sense that they can choose how often they like to pay out their interest. So for this bond of Evergrande, it is priced at $100. Uh, usually bonds are priced at $100 or either $1. Just a common price that starts with one, either like $1, $10, and this um, there's an interest payment. So on this bond, Evergrande promises to pay 8.25% a year. So if you were to purchase $100 worth of Evergrande bonds, you should be expecting $8.25 in terms of interest. So it's like you are legally lending Evergrande money. And in return for lending them money, you'll get back $8.25. So this $8.25 can be can be paid in different frequencies. So some some bonds pay on a monthly basis. So every month, $8.25 will be divided by 12 and you get it every month. And that amount every month. Or some companies pay quarterly. So every three months, you can expect uh, interest to be paid to you and other companies, in the case of Evergrande, pays semi-annually. So every six months, they would pay their interest to you. So all in all, um, Evergrande was, all in all, Evergrande was expected to pay about 30 million US dollars in terms of interest um, last Thursday. So this was a very crucial date and you know, before that, even like a couple of weeks ago, they did flag out some warning that, you know, they might have to default on their payments and they are just facing uh, facing issues with the company and having to restructure the company, so on and so forth. So that was actually uh, the start of red flag. And yeah, and then came this coupon payment that... So this interest payment had two parties involved. So one is the onshore bondholders. Onshore bondholders refers to um, bondholders based in China because onshore naturally and since this is a China company and we have offshore bondholders so offshore bondholders refers to any companies or any funds that are based overseas 
So for this um, this payout that was supposed to happen last Thursday, these two parties, Evergrande managed to negotiate with the onshore bondholders, meaning the China bondholders. They managed to undergo a re uh, negotiation on that, but uh, nothing has been reported on what was the outcome of that. But for the offshore bondholders, unfortunately, no interest was paid. Right, so just to give you a bit of background of Evergrande. Just relax, not so much about what this bond is, but not what Evergrande is as a company. So Evergrande, they brand themselves as a real estate company. And in fact, it's the, it's the second largest uh, real estate company in China. So just to give you a sense of how big uh, this company is. It owns 565 million square meters of development space. Putting it into context, Singapore is about 720 million square meters. So comparing it with Singapore's land size, Evergrande owns three quarters of Singapore. It's just insane, you know, the size of it, how much uh, development land that they own. And not only that, so Evergrande is actually a conglomerate. Conglomerate means that they have other aspects of businesses as well. And if you just take a look online, you know, Evergrande is involved in Evergrande is involved in tourism and recreation as well. Involved in sports, you know, acquired the football club Guangzhou Evergrande FC. Um, is involved in automotive as well. They have a 45% stake in the electric vehicle company Faraday Future. Um, is involved in health also. Acquired New Media Group Holdings and renamed it Evergrande Health. They're involved with entertainment, so apparently they hold this music festival tour concert and form a partnership with Tencent as well. They're involved with finance, so they have this um, Sino Singapore Great Eastern Life Insurance Company, so acquired 50% stake in that and rename it to Evergrande Life. They are involved with food and agriculture also. So they have this uh, mineral water brand and even hired Jackie Chan to promote this brand. Now just imagine that like, Evergrande is a person standing at the edge of the cliff and right now it's being pulled down with rocks uh, tied to his body pulling him down the cliff. These rocks are the debt obligations. The, the 30 million that he's supposed to pay in interest. So having not paid up the interest uh, last Thursday, Evergrande has 30 days to find a solution for this. If it doesn't, the company would have to go into default. So default basically means that a company can't pay or rather missed the payment deadline on a debt which they were due to pay. So this is different from bankruptcy, but eventually um, default may lead into bankruptcy. So one good example, um, some people will say that it's rather similar to the Lehman Brothers, which uh, happened back in 2008. This caused the whole financial crisis. And therefore, you know, the market is kind of fearful because of that. and. Hence, it's reflected in the, the pullback of the market last week. So China has tried to alleviate the fears by 
by pumping in money into the stock market. So quite similar to what the Fed does, you know, in terms of uh, quantitative easing. So you just try to purchase bonds, you know, and uh, just to support the whole stock market. But personally, I feel it's just a slew of bad news for the China, the Oriental companies, you know, China, Hong Kong stocks, especially when they are and they were also recently hit from the regulations and all and then right now before they could even stand up and recover another company got hit again so there are just a lot of speculations on how this could be handled so some people said that they would devalue uh, Chinese Yuan the renminbi so that the government would bail out uh, Evergrande but on the other hand some people argue that China's vision is to put things on a level playing field because of that they wouldn't lend a helping hand to Evergrande since you know as I mentioned earlier Evergrande is really a conglomerate it is controlling many sectors within the country so China may see this as a good opportunity for other smaller players to to diversify and play catch up in a way okay so aside from that um, over the weekend, rather on Friday, you know, it's, it's, it's as though China does not have enough problems and they went to create another one within the crypto universe. So People's Bank of China said that all crypto related activities are illegal in China, including services like offering trading of digital assets or the matching token issuance and derivatives. In addition, Overseas crypto exchanges providing services in mainland China are also illegal. So this paragraph caused the whole crypto market to dip, plunge, you know, by about 10%. But then again, if you have heard my earlier episodes, this is nothing new. And, you know, this, some people mentioned that this has to be the 20th time that China ha- has banned Bitcoin so it's just con- mainly just reiterating their stance number one no timeline has been put in place I can just say that something's illegal but you know and well I may do some crackdowns and all but there's no timeline stating that oh uh, I'm gonna wipe out you know, anything related to cryptocurrency by 2025 for example so it's just it's just reiteration and that doesn't change anything we already know that China is averse um, is averse towards uh, cryptocurrency well if for those who are curious why they're averse simply because China they themselves are creating a digital currency of their own so therefore they see Bitcoin uh, any form of cryptocurrency as a threat therefore they want to eliminate uh, anything relating to cryptocurrency within China yep and following that you know even though the cryptocurrency markets were kind of shook by this uh, sudden reiteration of this uh, of China's stance on cryptocurrency a drop of 10% but you know over the weekend I think investors started realizing that hey us knew about this so eventually they went back into um, the cryptocurrencies and it has regained um, the dip which they saw on Friday so imagine if you were to buy the dip on Friday over the weekend 
you would have been 10% richer. Yeah, another point to note, the cryptocurrency market has never not recovered from any statements from made from China's uh, stance on cryptocurrency. Okay, I think I've explained quite a lot on these two topics. So I should stop here. Hopefully I'll find more time this week to post new episodes as well. But nonetheless, I hope you learned something new today. And as always, I read so you don't have to. I'll catch you next time. Thank you.